It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shoei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. It is a Monday, the first Monday of 2020. I know, it had to come sometime, but we can talk some Reds here. We can get the final part of my conversation with Stephen Offenbaker in here on this Monday. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting providers with which you can find this podcast. If you're listening right now and you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button on the app that you're using. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and the show at Locked On Reds. And if you've got any sort of response to any of the stuff we talk about on today's episode, Hit me up on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. Now, without further ado, let's finish up this conversation between me and the Reds Alert podcast host, Stephen Offenbaker. So shifting gears a little bit, we've been talking about a lot of uh, off-season moves, what we hope that they do. Let's take a look back because now we are in 2020. The decade is firmly behind us. And as I mentioned, you know, there's lots of guys out there with articles and blog posts and all this other stuff about moments of the decade. Let's just look back this past 10 years. What was your favorite moment as a Reds fan? Oh, that's a hard one. And (laughs) it's, you know, I'm, I'm... There's lots of things, and we can talk about the team as a whole. We can talk about you know individual players. Um, for me, I think one of my favorite things was to see uh, 2017 Joey Votto. Yeah. And just the the. I mean, I guess it's not fair to say it was unexpected, but it was unexpected. It for him to be, you know, one vote away from winning the MVP against a guy that's you know at least a decade younger than him that to me was you know a big moment and 
what really took Joey Votto from being a, you know, maybe he could be a Hall of Famer, maybe he could be one of those guys, to in my mind, he is a Hall of Famer. He has demonstrated that he can do it over a long period of time and do it at an elite level. And so for me, that was that was really fun to watch, you know. And then there's the the standard answers, right? There's the Jay Bruce home run. There's there's the performance of Johnny Cueto. There's, you know, all of these things that are out there. But for me, that was the one because you know this is going to be a player that is going to play his entire career in Cincinnati. Um, he's loved by the fans that the real fans. <laughs> and you can read yeah. into that whatever you want to read into that. But he's loved by the real fans. He's, he's you know, idolized by anybody that really knows baseball and really knows how to look at the numbers. So for me, uh, that was that was the one. The hilarious part about Joey is that there's plenty of folks within the Reds fan base that bemoan his contract, bemoan how much money the Reds have still committed to him for the remainder of that deal. And yet, if you go outside the organization, if you look at fan bases from other teams, even just inside the division, people covet Joey Votto still. They look at his last two years and they say, yeah, okay, his numbers have gone down a bit, but man, we'd love to have him on our team. And and that was evident by MajorLeagueBaseball.com putting him in their all-decade list. He was the best position player not named Mike Trout, according to them. And Say, say that again? The best position player not named Mike Trout. See, that's the thing that people I that's why I get so frustrated. I have I've had to stop reading Facebook. I can't handle it anymore. The amount of people that bash on this guy. The only player better in the decade was Mike Trout. Everybody that's bashing on Votto and his contract and his numbers, the only player better was Mike Trout. And that's not Mark Sheldon. That's not C. Trent. That's not John Fay. That's not a Reds beat writer. That's not Bobby Nightingale. That's not a Reds guy saying that. That's MLB.com. That is the nation of baseball agrees that there is no one better at the there, there's no one better with a bat in the National League the last decade than Joey Votto. That includes, I mean, insert whatever name you want to put in there. You know, Giancarlo, don't call me Mike Stanton. Uh, Cody Bellinger only came up a couple of years ago. Uh, anyone, doesn't matter. He's better than them. And, and I think that what we miss, and it's funny because Mo, I'll harken back to that article he wrote again, Mo said of his 2010 MVP season, it's almost unfair because that became the standard with which we judge Joey Votto. He's been amazing his entire career. And just because 2010 was so unbelievably phenomenal, the years that he had of 2015, 16, and 17 were almost not as appreciated by Reds fans because they were, well, but 2010, Joey, and, and they were playoff teams. And it's almost like people blamed him for being good on a bad team. And I think it's ridiculous, and we got to stop it because we got to celebrate this dude. He's going to go down as probably the best all-around hitter in Reds history, and we got to celebrate that, man. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I just 
the people that get hung up on his contract, I, they just, I don't, they don't understand baseball. They don't get it. When I think of my favorite moment, um, I'm with you. It's hard. There's, there have been a lot of good moments, contrary to the last five years or so of the decade. People like to, I mean, sports, sports fans are uh, slaves of the moment, slaves of recency bias. So we're thinking, man, this decade sucked. It really didn't. The first half of the decade was phenomenal as a Reds fan. And part of that was the man who came out in the ninth inning, the man who came out to Thunderstruck. And reading Mo's article just just took me back to that moment. I didn't get to see his first appearance. I got to see, I think it was like his third or fourth appearance. And it was hilarious because it was a game against the Pirates in 2010 whenever they played to the 17th inning. It was a really long game. And we stayed the whole time. And it, this was back when you could still get a $5 walk-up ticket and set, you know, you know, shaking hands with the birds flying over the Ohio river <laughs> and sit by, there was like a, it was like a Kroger dollar concession stand right on the concourse. So you could literally go to a game for like $9. It was amazing back then. And we stayed the whole time and it was like the 15th inning. I think Chapman had just pitched the two days prior to that. And so he comes out and we're like, yes, we got to see him. We didn't think we'd see him. And I never forget, we were standing all, or we were sitting all the way up there in the corner down the right field line, and we were standing. And everyone in the stadium was standing because they had to see what was going to happen. Because back then, 100 miles an hour was not common. There was not, you know, 15 different relievers that were coming out just chucking gas down the middle of the plate. And it was absolutely phenomenal. You got fired up every ninth inning. You dropped everything. Really, even, I mean, I remember watching on TV, and I, I'm, I'm weird. I really love watching baseball on television. That's why I'm doing this, you know, talking baseball. But even when he came in on TV, I dropped everything, man. I wanted to watch what he was going to do because you just you just had to laugh. Whenever he hit 104 on the radar gun, you're like, I can't even fathom what the, what that would be like. I mean, I myself never really got past high school baseball, and I really wasn't even good at that. And guys around my league, whenever we were playing in high school, a fast pitcher was throwing like 65, and even then it was just like, whew, man, chucking, chucking heat up there, man. I can't imagine what 100 miles. I, I, I'd probably just duck. It'd be right down the middle, and I'd be like diving out of the way. You know, I, I just remembering Chapman before everything went down and, and they had to trade him for peanuts on the dollar. I mean, just everything before that was amazing to me. And, you know, I have a, a, one additional story from the decade that it's not so much Reds on the field action or whatever, but just my personal moment, my personal Reds moment of the decade. And, uh, you know, I came back to Cincinnati for the All-Star game for the All-Star weekend. So, you know, I got to be in the stadium for Todd Frazier's Home Run Derby, which was just electric. I mean, yes. the stadium was electric. And, you know, it would I have never experienced anything quite like that because it wasn't an actual game. It was an individual competition, but, you know, Todd was our guy, right? So, there was the electricity surrounding that, but earlier in that day occurred for me my number one all-time Reds moment because I was checking out the Reds Hall of Fame. And I'm just wandering around, looking at the exhibits, having a great time. And I round a corner, and I kid you not, I walk square into Johnny Bench. And so, you know, he was 
clearly on the move, man. He wasn't stopping <laughs> for people, and I and I get it. If he stopped for everybody that wanted to talk to him, he would never, never get it. where he was going. Yeah. So you know, I could tell by his step and the guys that were with him, he's not stopping. So as soon as he was close enough where you know I could get words that he would hear, you know, I just basically asked if I could, you know, hey, can I shake your hand? And, you know, he slowed, he didn't stop, but he slowed down enough to reach out and he's, his hands are enormous. I felt like a little <laughs> kid, man. You know, he reaches out, grabs my hand, shakes my hand, goes on. And I was like, oh my God, Johnny Bench, you know, I'm cloud nine, right? And then there was a security guy standing off to the side and, and he's like, you know, I'm like jazzed and he sees how jazzed I am. And he's all, you know, if you stay right here in about five more minutes, Joe Morgan's going to walk by and he usually will stop for a picture. So I camped out right there, and sure enough, about five, ten minutes later, here comes Joe Morgan, and I'm all like, yeah, Joe, can I get a picture? And he's like, oh, I'm so late, blah, 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 and he's like, yeah, all right. So he stops, <laughs> and, and, and his whole face changes, and he puts on this great big smile, and we take the picture, and as soon as the picture is done, he's like moving again. With it. He's back to, oh, I'm so late, I'm so late, but it was great. And, you know, so here's these two guys that I grew up just hearing that, you know, are the 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 – the gifts from the baseball gods, you know, the best catcher to ever play the game and probably the best second baseman to ever play the game right there. And it was just a total accident. It was nothing that was advertised. I had no idea they were going to be there, but it was just amazing for me. That's awesome. That, that, that would be euphoric. I, I, I remember the home run derby. I got to be there for that. Um, I didn't get to see the all-star game, but yeah, that, I mean, that whole weekend, was phenomenal and i know that it it was sandwiched around a season of just utter crap and and the way that everything fell down that year and that's what started this whole mess that we're in now but at the same token that specific moment was absolutely amazing and it was just like you know i i, I remember I can't remember exactly who was talking to him, but preseason 2019, they were talking to Bob Castellini, and he said the two loudest moments that he's witnessed in Great American Ballpark was Jay Bruce and then Todd Frazier's home run derby. And I still watch that video and just like, oh my gosh, man, that was that was a great night to be at the ballpark. I remember meeting like random fans, like Dodgers fans, Rangers fans. Uh, I met a Brewers fan, which I met them at the ballpark before anyway, but the Rangers fans got, I was like, wow, this is cool. I didn't know there were Rangers fans, but not, <laughs> not to call them out, but um, you know, it just, it, it, it was, it was a great weekend. So with that, we are going to wrap, this up this two-parter it's been a lot of fun talking with you man i appreciate your time we just as normal i always say that we go over time we really don't actually have a set time limit and um i just i always feel bad whenever i keep people too long but i know that we enjoy talking reds baseball and we're we're not that far off it's like five weeks or something like that math is hard where the pitchers and the catchers will be reporting to goodyear it's, it's about there. it's about 40 days from the time you post this, roughly. <clears throat> what a time to be alive. All right, I'm, I'm so excited, man. And thank you so much for your time. And like like he mentioned, uh, he's got a great episode up with Mo Egger. Check out everything from the Reds Alert podcast. Great podcast to listen to. We as Reds fans are completely blessed with the glut of whether it be uh, Twitter people, uh, podcast people, uh, with our two great podcasts, the Hunt for Reds October, Red Leg Nation Radio, 
just everything. And once, uh, you know, the WARP in Cincinnati gets started back up, that that's a great one too with C Trent. And I think Paul Danner's going to do it with him again this year. I, I hope so. They were, they were great together, but, uh, just so much great content, man. Um, thanks. Thanks for ha- being on. No, no problem. Anytime. You know me, I, I love talking Reds baseball. So you just let me know. I'll be back. Absolutely, man. Well, everyone else, thanks for listening and a happy new year. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.